everybody, and welcome to another episode of Another Film Podcast. My name is Matt. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. And we're Another Film Podcast. And my welcome name is to Colin. another episode of and Another <laughs> Episode. <laughs> another. Um, uh, we are post-season two in this kind of ethereal land of award season, beginning of 2022, after a brief hiatus, and so... Ongoing pandemic. Uh, ongoing <laughs> pandemic. Still pandemic. Overall global warming and massive climate change. Uh, the expansion of the universe uh, at a rate that we'll never know. Just so and many, so post- many crypto commercials. Oh, damn it, you're turning <laughs> No! Oh, no. Oh, I'm so what mad. Was your joke? <laughs> Tini, what was your joke? It's the same thing. It's, I was going to say post-Super Bowl crypto commercials. <laughs> Specifically, the Super Bowl, I think, is a good call-out, which Colin didn't do. So fuck off, Colin. <laughs> All right. I guess um, I'm done here. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, we're wrapping it up. Um, but we are doing uh, a short kind of mini run of three films orbiting conversations about best picture of the year both oscars i was gonna say not not specifically related to the oscars but just uh, what are what are some of our favorite movies of 2021 and we figured it would be like a really nice little we i mean our last episode that we did was licorice pizza which i think we can all agree is like one of if not our actual favorite movies of the year um so we wanted to do a few others that may or may not have gotten nominated for some awards may or may not win some awards but we thought it would be a fun way to kind of tie up 2021 with looking at some of our faves so yeah and a nice way to have a conversation about new movies um and a lot of which are coming to streaming or are available to find uh, fairly easily uh, so these will be nice ones for people to revisit if you watch them in 2021 or watch them for the first time if you missed them when they first came out. And so we're starting things off with the uh, film The Green Knight, directed by David Lowry, um, who's done several movies. Uh, and invented mixed. a really good sauce. Uh, he is the Lowry, uh, and he's very salty. <laughs> And very seasoned in his work. Um, but he is uh, like a, a small jar of spice that also directs movies. and He's a sentient uh, jar of seasons, seasonings. Yeah. How he got the job, not, you know, it's a fabled story. But uh, in the end, David Lowry film came out in the summer, um, kind of right when... Uh, theaters were able to have people again and it felt kind of safe uh so i saw it in theaters originally and i think we all did didn't didn't we yeah 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 and it was i think one of my first movies i think it might have been the first movie that i saw back in theaters because i'd heard it was like truly an experience though i'd seen stuff in the drive-in anyway uh it really was uh a pretty spectacular film when i saw it way back then um, and a lot of people had talked it up, so I was kind of prepared to enjoy it. And it really is great. I think the performances are outstanding. Visually, it's like one of the most uh, impressive movies of last year and of many years, I think. 
and I'm excited to talk more about it because I think it's it, there's a lot to actually talk about, um, which is kind of good with a movie that's as fantasy as this. I think there's actually a lot going on. So who else wants to share their experience with this film? Yeah, so... Um... I've been a fan of David Lowry for a while. Um, even when his movies don't fully work for me, I'm at least excited to see them. Um, and so this movie was supposed to come out in 2020. Uh, it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to premiere at South by Southwest in March, 2020. And then it was supposed to come out and I think in May of 2020. And so like I had seen a trailer for the movie. There's there'd been a little bit of buzz around it. Cause it was going to be this like, you know, opening night thing at South by and so I was, like, very, very excited. And then, you know. Do you mean Southby? Southby, yes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. Do you then, mean Sixwa? Do you mean Sixwa? Like, S-X-S-W? So, anyway, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was super excited for this movie and then, you know, everything that happened in 2020 happened. And so I was just anxiously awaiting this movie. A24 decided they were not going to put this out on VOD at any point during 2020. So I was just like sitting, twiddling my thumbs, waiting. And so then they finally put it out in theaters in summer 2021 and I went opening night and it's fucking awesome. It's so goddamn weird. <laughs> like, uh-huh. uh, which I was really not expecting. I should have been expecting, but was not expecting. And then when I was like sitting through it, I was like, man, this is, this is strange. Um, but yeah, I really dug it. Uh, maybe my favorite ending of any movie in 2021. I loved the ending oh. of this movie, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later, but yeah, I was, I really liked it when I first saw it. Uh, excited to watch it again and talk about it with you guys. Um, so I first knew <laughs> the story from being an English major and had to read the tale of the Green Knight, and it was fine. Uh, and so the whole movie, I was just being like, I feel like this is, I was like, this is vaguely familiar. Uh, but visually, a very good movie. Um, and the performances are all really good. I still, as I did, you know, as a 20-year-old, have problems with the story. <laughs> uh, mostly because I'm just like... I was actually talking with Jim, our listener, uh, about this. And how I, the feeling that I get every time I watch it is that maybe I just don't get it. Because I feel like... Is the theme not just that men are dumb? What? (laughs) Or, like, I guess you could do toxic masculinity. Is that not the point of it all? Like, if he'd just given a paper cut to the knight, then... But he's like, no, i got to show that I have big balls and I'm going to decapitate him and then (laughs) spend a year trying to pretend like I'm not scared shitless and then use all these remedies to try and... Is that, is that not what it's about? I think it's about having a life of purpose, but I well, mean, I certainly think... What's the purpose, though, of his life? Just to die? To be, to be noble, to do something and see it through to the end. 
even if it has negative consequences for you, that you will take responsibility. It's about responsibility. It's about taking responsibility and being responsible for others so that they can also have a good life. That's why each of the sub things is about him doing something for somebody else. Is he? Or proving that he's virtuous in some way. Are they? And, and, yeah, and dealing with the consequences of if he isn't, what happens to you? Which, this, it starts with Barry Keown's segment, and then each one after that, it's about proving his own virtue and his own uh, kind of, like, yeah, what his responsibility is to others around him. That he isn't just, like, a... So, losing... like, being noble is, like getting a hand job in front of a blind grandma that's like what being noble is no i mean the point of that is that he doesn't sleep with her that like she is tempting him but he just wants his scarf back and so instead of i mean we're jumping just, away with that segment and and as like a like a tit for tat he's like i just want my scarf back so like just a handy please well she's giving him a handy she's like really working it and he's just trying her, trying to. Get I mean, her he close he, he gives in. He gives like he gives the in, whole the whole. But it comes in the hand rather than in her or on her or on the grandma or in the castle. <laughs> God, that'd be, or a, on that'd the be horse. such an incredible turn. I feel like the only the camera pans to the grandma. And she just got. Right, I, <laughs> I couldn't even. Yeah, I couldn't even finish. <laughs> Sorry. Is the only one that he does virtuous stuff when he rescues that girl's head? Well, he doesn't act virtuously when he doesn't help another person, even though that person is a thief. It's just now he has to deal with this guy who feels like he didn't even help him, and now he's going to attack him. I, Are you talking yes. about Barry? Right. So I think so, everything is, is getting him to the point of the end of the movie, which I don't know if we necessarily yeah. want to talk that directly about that right now, but like all of the things that happen are leading to the very specific moment that happens in like the final scene of the final sequence of the movie. And like, it's all leading up to him getting himself to that point, trying to become a better person, sometimes failing, sometimes succeeding, sometimes like not fully succeeding, but like doing a good enough job. Um, and like sometimes completely failing and running from that, but like it all gets to the point where he can make the choice that he makes at the very end of the movie, which I think is keeping in line with, and I'm not like a, I was not a literature major, but like, I think that that's, I mean, I barely remember it, (laughs) but I think like that's keeping, that's in keeping, I think that it's keeping in line with what I do know about like Athorian legends that like it's all about trying to be this noble chivalrous person and like sometimes that doesn't work out but it's all about trying to do it yes but i would say that the arthurian concept of nobility is grossly outdated well sure Because even, I was just looking at my notes there, and I wrote down, God, him beheading the knight is, like, the metaphor for toxic masculinity. Like, imagine the world we would be in if, I can never say his name. Garwin, Garwin. Garwin just gave him a hug. (laughs) 
we just need to decide right now how we're going to pronounce his name because it's pronounced several different ways in the movie and i would have pronounced it a totally different way just looking at how it's spelled but i think oh, we, we always I, said gowan yeah i mean i, I think gowan. gowan is probably how like looking at it how it's spelled i would probably say gawain nah i've also heard of gawain but i've also heard gawain the all of that is is beside the point because Sean Harris, whether it was <laughs> David Lowry telling him to or Sean Harris just deciding to go for it, but he just only refers to him as Garwin, <laughs> which Garwin. is amazing. So I think we just need to decide between the three of us that we are only going to be referring to him as Garwin for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> I'd like to submit a vote of no confidence. <laughs> Colin. Speaking of King Arthur, Sean Harris is King Arthur, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when just looking at him, you can kind of see why they cast Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. Just they both have the same. They're both like these are kings. Oh sure. <laughs> like they have the same bone structure. Anyway, my whole point of all of that was just like imagine the world we'd be in if he gave him a hug instead of fucking chopping off his head and his mom is the one that set up the thing because she was i if i remember correctly i could be wrong but she set up the whole quest as a way to prove his knighthood to king arthur and Mm -hmm. then this fucking idiot Mm -hmm. is like i'm not gonna just fight this knight and give him like a jab on the shoulder i'm gonna cut off his fucking head and then the mom was probably like what the fuck guy yeah i gowan (laughs) well i did this for you and is it not her at the end with the fox where she's like you don't have to do this you dumb shit Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's where i get really frustrated watching this movie it's visually amazing but it has to do with the actual story and not so much the movie i yeah i think yeah you make a very good point like if he would have just like taken the sword and just given him like a little nick on the finger or something like that that would have made so much more sense i uh, yes i do agree with you um but again i think you know this it's based off of a story that was from the 1400s so like you know what are you gonna do yeah another note i had (laughs) medieval england sucks is it not wild to think that a hundred to two hundred years after this, if this was published in fourteen hundred, I want to I want to fact check that. I said it, and then as soon as I said it, I was like, "Is that right?" I feel like so, it might sorry, be twelve. As, as you were, I'm gonna look into it. <clears throat> uh, just a couple hundred years after that, they fucking sailed across the Atlantic and colonized the americas like these idiots <laughs> went and did that it's, it's like i was like this is truly insane like these what are they called not penal laws the like stupid knights kings feudal, feudal yes thank Feudalism. you yeah. yeah just so petty and then they were like let's go ruin another continent <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, when was it published? Uh, did you find out? Late 14th century, so it would have been like okay, the thir- so 1300s. Like yeah, 50 so years like- <laughs> after that, 100 years after that is when Columbus arrived. I know that's Spain, but I mean Jamestown. I think was 1500, 1506. I know, it was God, truly fucking insane. 
No, wait. In 1492? Columbus, Columbus sailed, sailed the ocean. ocean blue, yeah. Ugh. And then took a giant poo. It <laughs> just took the biggest yeah. shit. <laughs> that is a good point that these these idiots are the ones who did that. But right? I so it's here truly wild. It anyway. is wild. No, I agree with you. Uh, you started that by saying like medieval Europe is stupid, which I agree Correct. with. I agree with. I'm not trying to disar- to to disagree with you. But when I was watching this movie, I was like, man, I can't, like, these movies are all dope. Like, I will watch all of these, like, these movies set in medieval Europe. Like, sign me up. I will watch all of them. They're all yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> we don't currently live that right. anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, no, actually, wasn't the year without summer during medieval times? Probably. Hold on. This is, are you guys familiar what the year without summer was? No. <laughs> uh, oh no, that was eighteen sixteen. It was a uh, uh, massive volcanic explosion covered the world with ash, and so you, they didn't have summer for a whole year. True. Anyway, I was wrong. <laughs> I'll admit it. Um, Matt. But otherwise, <laughs> like this is great. Where- where this. are we in this conversation? <laughs> we're talking about things that have literally nothing to I know, do with I, the Tierney movie. and I were just, like, riding that all. tangent wave as far as we could. And, Matt, you just looked... To a volcanic explosion. Truly more distressed about the direction of this conversation. All right, all right. So, Matt, I get us a, back on track. I was going to say, I have a note that could, that could get us back. <clears throat> share your note, share your note. Uh... That Barry Keown shot is entirely, almost entirely one shot. Yeah. The whole scene is almost one yeah. shot. And I was like, did not notice that the first time. But this time I was like, man, he is so good. He, I, so to that point, I think there's, there's a few different things that I noticed on this second watch that I didn't catch the first time. That was one of them. The other one, like we were talking about earlier, his mom was the one who like set up this whole quest. And like when he chops the head, uh, the Green Knight's head off the camera cuts to his mom taking the blindfold off and like she had like there's a look you only get to see like one of her eyes because of the way she takes the blindfold off but like there's a look on her face that she's just kind of like god damn it like yeah my child is a fucking idiot yeah and like i i did not catch that the first time like i didn't catch like the nuance of that look that she was giving but when i was watching it now knowing the full context that i know having seen the movie i was like oh that's an interesting thing so I do think that this is a movie that I will continue to get more out of as I continue to watch it, like, over the, it is know, good. the next few years. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just shat on it for 15 minutes, but it's mostly, I just, I have, as a, a preface to our listener, I had to read a bunch of, like, for my degree, you have to read, like, certain types of English books, and I had, you have to read old fucking English books, and you know what? They suck. <laughs> Canterbury Tales <laughs> blows. <laughs> like, they're not good. I remember this being one of the better ones, to give you an idea. Um, to where I'm like, for the love of God, get us to Shakespearean England. <laughs> where at least it's, like, funny. Yeah, and I don't like... need a translator for the same fucking language. <laughs> you're like, I know there's better stuff out there. Please, please come to me. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> that's more of where I'm coming from. Is I'm coming to this movie with a lot of baggage. <laughs> I do okay, but here's what I'll say about what this movie is like saying that please, I think is different. Please from tell me. Other, I mean, I think it's a very modern telling of a very old story, but I think they do it in ways where like they adapt characters or they adapt like motivations to be more understandable in a modern context and so stuff like the mom being like you're just going out to drink all the time like what are you doing with your life and he's just like a party boy basically like a kid who's living at home with his mom for longer than he should be he's not married he's going to brothels he's drunk all the time and then he goes to dinner with king arthur his uncle and his uncle's like what did what do you do so what do you do with yourself? And he's basically like, I don't do anything. I, I haven't done anything. I'm a nobody, and I haven't done anything. And then Guinevere is like, you know, but, you know, there's, you could, you could, you might. So don't count yourself out. And while all that's happening, his mom clearly does, like, somehow either instigate the Green Knight or apparate the Green Knight, create the Green Knight, whatever she does. Seems like she maybe makes it from, like, the little wood that they're burning and shit. But, like, sets up her son to have an adventure or at least prove his nobility. And then he fucks it up because he's a stupid idiot who doesn't know anything about the world. And so, like, I did, like, one of my notes is just how funny it is when the game is explained and King Arthur's like, I'm going to give you the best sword in the world. My sword. And, like... Excalibur. Excalibur. Literally Excalibur. (laughs) Yeah. The most noble and high sword you could use. And then the line is, and like, you'll never forget what happened on this Christmas day. And then he decapitates him. And there's immediately like a a shudder through Guinevere and Arthur who are like, oh no, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did you do that? And then the la- like the cackling of the Green Knight as he like rides away. And then the cheering of all the knights were like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Good job. You, uh, good job. And King Arthur's clearly the only one who understands, like, give me back my sword right now. What the fuck is wrong? Why would you do that? Why would you kill him? We didn't tell you to kill him. And so, like, that I do think sets up, like, who Gawain is at the beginning. Garwin. Which is Garwin. Amazing. Garwin. Garfield, who Garfield is in the beginning of the story, just this kind of like directionless, uh, ignoble moron. And then I think it's solidified of like, what is the point of the movie? And I think it's when King Arthur is like, is it wrong for me to want greatness for you? Like, to want you to do something with your life. And like, I'm gonna make you stick with this commitment of going out and riding all the way to see this dude. Because he might chop your head off, but you're the one who chopped his head off. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is ultimately why it's not about, like, tough guys being tough. It's about learning that it isn't about being tough. It's about doing what is the most noble thing to do. And if it's you cutting off a head of somebody who offered to not have that be the way this fight goes, then you better stick to your side of the deal and go have your head cut off because that's what you did to somebody else. So it is I about agree. This, like, reciprocal quality. But then why do they have all these things like, <clears throat> like, the noble thing to do would be to ride off on horseback with nothing. 
but he has like all these talismans and curses and the green belt. But it's like if the green he w- belt is specific, but that's the point of the last part of it. Yeah, but if that- if he was like truly noble and he was truly going to see his like come up and he wouldn't bother with those things because they're he's still not a part noble. of him. Exactly. But that's the, that's, that's the my point, point of it. He's not I, noble. <laughs> Wait, what, are we talking about no, the same Tierney, thing? That's the whole point of the third act is that he takes off the scarf to accept his fate. And if he doesn't, that's what the third act is. That's what you watch unfold if he were to not learn his lesson and not take responsibility. But that's the it whole took point of that, the back It took him seeing that in order for him to do it. Where up until that point, he just did nothing about it. It's so it's like thinking it, through it. It's like no one changes. No, it's like he doesn't change, doesn't change, and then he sees what his life will be, which is he's just a never nude, and then uh, <laughs> decides to take it off. It's a no. It's about there are dozens. There are dozens of there are dozens of us knights running around with their it's little about like, cum sh- scarves tied on at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy made cum scarves. Um, but it, no, I think the point is that every moment is an individual decision in your life yes. that can have good yeah. or bad consequences. And so all of the things that he's learned up till then, there were moments where he was noble and there were moments, like Colin said, where he wasn't. And in that final moment, when he really does have to accept what is going to happen to him, he wears the scarf and is thinking through, okay... I could just survive this and then I did what I said I'd do. I came out here and then I'll just live the rest of my life. But everything that I will do will be me avoiding this one responsibility that I said that I would carry through. And so all of the bad that happens on this, on this for like him looking forward in his life is because he didn't accept responsibility in this moment. And so when he decides to, the consequence is that that's the win. That's all he needs. It's Willy Wonka. It's fucking Willy Wonka. This whole movie what? is just How Willy is Wonka and the Willy Chocolate Wonka? Factory. I've taken the thing and you could either pass it to this guy who wants to take down Willy Wonka and make a lot of money. Or you can let Willy Wonka know and then you get the factory. And in this case, it was like the wi- also, think about it. His what mom gives him the scarf. Did you watch? The point is, like, doing the noble thing in the end, even if the other route is easier or better for you. And remember, his mom gives him the scarf, and his mom is who sends the Green Knight. And so the whole thing is a test. It's not an actual adventure. It's not an actual battle. It's literally a test to see, are you going to fuck it up again, even when... You're pushed to do the thing that's noble. Are you still going to back down and find a way out and a shortcut by holding on to the scarf that I gave you? And he doesn't. And he decides, no. Well, I after will the first try. Well, I, I think that there, there are, it's all, again, it's all leading up to that point, right? So, like, if we take all of, like, the little mini adventures that he, that he goes on to get to, Oh my God, Tierney! You have to sit still. 
I had to, uh, it was like Cloverfield. I know. It's like, I did not take my Dramamine. I'm just recording a fucking podcast. I did not think I needed to take motion sickness pills, but Jesus Christ. So sorry. Anyway, um, so if we look at all of the little things that he's doing on his way to the final castle, like the final showdown, like his first interaction, the interaction with Barry Keoghan, he's like, hey, like, give me some information. And then Barry's like, here's some, in- like, here's what you're looking for. And he's like, all right, cool, thanks. And then he's just going to peace out. And Barry's like, what the fuck? Like, are you not going to give me anything for that? And so he's like, okay, yes, I will. So like, in that moment, like that little snippet, he is not being a noble person, but he's like, okay, I guess I will do something. Like, you did me a solid, I will give you something. Now, obviously, like, Barry Keown's character is insane, as Barry Keown characters tend to be. So, like, you know, that's a totally different thing that happens, but at least, like, he's starting to turn as a character. And then he gets to, the, like, the uh, Winifred's house, and she's like, can you go get my skull out of this lake. And he's like, well, what will you give me if I do that? And she's like, why would you ask that? And he's like, you're right. I shouldn't have asked that. The noble thing to do would be to just go get your fucking skull. And so that your body can be at peace. And so like all of the things that are happening are like trying to get him to be a better person again. And I think that this is very true. And like Matt was saying, I like, this is true of people still today. Like we all try, well, not we all, but like, most of the people, like the three of us and like the people we associate with try and be good people. Are we always perfect? Of course we're not. Like there are times where we fail. And so he is, when he gets to the final castle, he is like trying to be as good a person as he can be, but he has that final moment of weakness with uh, Alicia Vikanda's character. And that's what he's like, oh shit, I gotta go. Like, I know I don't need to leave right now, I know I'm not on a time crunch, but, like, I failed and I can't be here anymore. So he leaves and he goes and he gets to the castle earlier. So I think I understand what you're where you're coming from, Tierney. Like, but I he is not a noble person at any point until the very end. And the movie is all about getting him to that point, regardless of what, like, how many times he goes up and down, no matter how many times he's going to fail between now and then he starts as an in like a like a shitty person and he gets to the point where he accepts his fate and he accepts like this is the right thing to do even mm-hmm. though it is literally going to cost me my life this is what i need to do because it's the it's the right thing to do so i think if you look at it yeah. holistically i i appreciate it a lot more i agree everything you're saying is totally fair and valid but again i think I if you look at it holistically <laughs> my it's it's a similar feeling i have in every horror mu- movie where i'm just like these people are idiots which isn't to say that i'm perfect by any means but right. it's like he literally just told you whatever you did to him you're gonna have to do to yourself and you just beheaded right. it's like the first injustice i can't i just can't get over and that's but that is the driving force of the movie that like that is the wrong choice it is supposed to make you go like what an idiot because in the moment, you can either be a big show of what you think people want to see from you, but is the wrong choice, or mm-hmm. it's a small action that has no real consequence because you'll have done the small thing. And shows that you're a good right listener. Thing. Right. 
But he wants, because he's done nothing in his life, he wants to prove, like, oh, you want to see how worthy I am, how strong I am? This is what I'll do. And it was the wrong choice. And that's all of the, all of the subsequent events are because he made the wrong choice. And now he has to pay the consequences. It's about accountability. It's about accountability. Yeah. And it's, the, what's interesting, too, about what you said is when I read the book, I don't know if they ever describe him as small, but in my mind, he was always a very small guy trying to prove himself, which is, like, what you just said of, like, not doing anything, not accounting well, anything. He's definitely, Being like, <clears throat> he's Arthur's nephew. Like, that's both in the book and in the... Oh, yeah. Like, he's so definitely like, not, like, of middle age, a.k.a. 17. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was, see, it was fun to see, see middle ages sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sean Harris. I don't know how old Sean Harris is, but he's probably, he's probably like, like, 24. Why? Well, like, he's, like, the actor is probably in his, yeah, he's, like, in his mid-50s, but, like, the character is, like, 29 maybe 30 yeah. but he's like literally on death's okay. door <laughs> yeah. Losing um, teeth. yeah Ugh. i did also like well do we want to talk about cinematography yeah i yeah. mean that's a huge part of this movie's excellence yes i agree almost every shot is perfect yeah this movie is <laughs> so gorgeous yeah. to look at. Like, like the fact that like the 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 shot that starts the movie with the like the crown like coming onto his head and then him just like sitting there while it like bursts into fire and you're just like, oh, this is how we're starting. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's fucking go. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and then that yeah, the that whole first time. image right yeah. after that with like the horse and the like ducks and the house slowly burning in the background it looks Mm -hmm. like a painting like the lighting looks like a painted canvas and yeah a lot of this movie does just look like you could pull any single frame from this movie and it would look uh incredible truly like any frame uh but like particularly ones like going underwater where it's like this red full screen underwater like swimming diagonal from end to end shot uh that's gorgeous anything that was like cosmic or like magical looked incredible um lighting was really good the lighting was great and natural it like all seemed like natural medieval daylight yeah i cloudy (laughs) i love the colors of this movie and like it looked it's hard to, like, so, you know, I think we've talked, especially, like, I think we've talked on this pod before about how, like, all Marvel movies just kind of look, like, washed out. Like, even, like, the most colorful ones still kind of look washed out, like Guardians and Thor Ragnarok. Like, they're fun, and they're more vibrant than some of the others, but they still have, like, dull colors. And so, like, this movie, like, is kind of, like, a dull movie just because it's, you know, like, 1400s fucking Europe. Like, that's gross and foggy and, like, you know, not a place that people want to hang. But, like, the the fact that they were able to make all of the colors actually, like, really pop. Like, his, like, golden yellow, like, cloak that he wears Mm -hmm. just looks incredible throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And, like, it just always is, like, so bright. No matter what's going on, you're like, oh, my God. Like, that just, it pops so well. 
and like all of the greens throughout the movie look incredible. It just, yeah, I, the colors of this movie are astounding to me. And like, even though it's a very slow movie, well, it's I was not that n- slow. I mean, it's not like the slowest movie I've ever watched, but like, my parents... I don't think it's slow at all, actually, Colin. <laughs> my parents it's tried to watch not this movie. It's as slow as the fucking book, <laughs> let me tell you that much. <laughs> my parents went to see this movie, I think, after I told them how much I liked it. And I was like, I don't know if you guys will. Like, full full disclosure, like, I really liked it. I don't know if you will. But they went and checked it out, and they made it, like, I think they made it, like, an hour into the movie. They went to a theater, and they wouldn't have left, but, like, the projection, like, the projection, projector broke. And so they, like, the theater that they went to was just like, we're so sorry, like, we're not going to be able to get this up and running again, but, like, if you want to come back, we'll give you a free pass. You can come see it a different time. And they just, like, didn't. <laughs> to my knowledge, wow. I don't think either of them has finished this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of which is to say, like, I personally, it's not too slow for me, but I can see why people would be like, okay, this is very slow. But to me, even though it is a slow movie, the visuals are are just so compelling throughout Mm -hmm. that I was never bored and I was never like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. I was like, okay, I will, I will hang out with this deliberately paced movie because everything you're showing me is just so sumptuous that I want to just like sit here and stare at it forever. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Style (laughs) goes for miles for me is what I'll say is like, just looking at the movie and just like enjoying how weird it was and how unique everything felt i yeah i don't think i felt like it was slow as much I, and i think yeah technically like the plot doesn't move because it's not like an escalating tension mm-hmm. it's kind of like all these little uh i kind of uh, this is one thing that i wrote down was like it's another vignette-ish mm-hmm. movie it's mm-hmm. not vignettes but it is kind of small little stories on this longer tale and so like stuff like licorice pizza even there are kind of these like episodes of their life that are kind of separate from each other i think less so in that movie but like french dispatch or um worst person in the world has a chapter kind of structure um so a lot of these movies are like kind of segmenting these things and this is uh i think used really well to kind of make it this fairy tale, make it these kind of like individual little adventures like we keep talking about. And it's nice to, because you meet like one actor in that and then you move on and there's a new actor and mm-hmm. you move on and there's a new actor. And so there's like constantly like a surprise element. So I I do think that was uh, something that did keep the pacing going for me. It was like, who are we going to run into next and what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I liked, I thought the pacing was good it's that's where i came down hard on the story but it's the story it's not the script yeah <laughs> and that's just my own personal hang-ups and baggage um and i the i know that my parents made it at least past the barry keown part because the sequence where um garwin is tied up and the camera just like pans in a circle and just sees that was him awesome like just like he's there he's tied up it pans in a circle like a slow circle 
and then he's just like it's he's just dead like it's his skeleton and then it comes back and he's back to life (laughs) like my parents were both just like what the fuck (laughs) i was like yeah it was it was dope right and they're like no (laughs) no so crazy because this i think this movie is like a very impressionistic fantasy there's a lot of like suggestion but not a lot of direct uh clear explanation and not that it's mysterious i think it's supposed to be interpreted um for example anytime magic happens or there's some sort of like spell or foresight there's always like this the whole screen will go red and that's just that's how magic looks here like when merlin has like a vision to try to like see who the green knight is and then it's like i don't know who the fuck this guy is like the screen just goes red or like when he's swimming underwater it's red all these moments that are like hinting at what is happening as long as you like lean into it and you go like okay that's magic or that like rotation and then going back Mm -hmm. and having him wiggle and actually try to survive that is like oh okay that's what he was looking forward to which Mm -hmm. then like we'll talk about for that third act pays off so beautifully that this like stylistic choice is used to narratively enhance the impact of the story as a whole uh and it happens throughout where like even yeah the mom being maybe the one who's kind of puppeteering this whole adventure there's like enough hints where you're like i think it's the mom maybe but i don't know entirely but it's like the same lingering things each time of like weird voices or like a, a blindfold. Blind, yeah, I would or, say the blindfold in the castle. <clears throat> or the. Yeah, yeah. Any of those things. Or yeah, or even like how did she get the scarf? How did she get that green scarf when it's Barry Keon who takes it? And so like there's a lot of things that we are like it's, it's a fantasy story. And so a lot of it is just kind of explained in these stylistic choices you can decide what they mean but it takes the effort to just be like oh this is that and this is that i was gonna say i think that's it's actually based on a true story just like all arthurian legends are oh you're actually right yeah (laughs) just i know you were calling it fantasy but i just wanted to (laughs) i just really need you to know (laughs) yeah more about a sexual fantasy i don't want our listener thinking like (laughs) this is all just made up Um, Those giant naked, naked giants uh, were also real. I was gonna. Say, so that's another yeah. thing that I really. Those are the Vikings. <laughs> I mentioned when I was first saw, like I just I really appreciate how weird this movie is, and so yeah. I I can as I'm watching this movie, I can see why some people would not be able to latch onto it, and like I get that, and that's fa- that's fine, but like if you're willing to go on the ride man, what a ride. Like, there's just so much weird shit. Like, the, uh, you have, like, the giant sequence, like, looks amazing, but also is just like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Like, it's so baffling and seems so out of nowhere. And so, like, if that's something that you're not willing to, like, just, okay, that's the ride we're on, like, I could see that being a turning off point. But, like, if it is something that you're willing to just go with, you're just like, cool there's these fucking giants and they're just walking around okay yeah but like even even smaller things like 
like where like you said matt where did how did the scarf come back how did he get the axe back like how did all of these things happen and it's just like i don't know man it's a fucking fairy tale that is yeah. based on true stories sorry Tierney, i don't want to offend but like it's a fucking yeah. fairy tale like let's just let's also, just go for the weird ride <laughs> like lord of the rings didn't J.R. token write it sorry joke and roken roken token write it because i feel like i saw this on the history channel like a decade and a half ago maybe two decades that was like england doesn't have a myth mythology and so he yes. created one but this is english mythology and yeah. so a lot of if you watch the green knight it could like the things that you see could easily be lord of the rings with mm-hmm. the giants walking yeah. by and animals that can talk and uh like a fucking knight made out of like a tree <laughs> yeah, yeah and then the whole like <laughs> going into the water to get the head to me was super reminiscent of when frodo falls into the bog mm-hmm. uh, and it's full of like all the dead bodies sorry when bingo think... falls into the bog also, this is <laughs> Frito. <laughs> this was filmed in Ireland, right? I'm not sure, actually. I know parts of it were, but oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it could explain why it looks so good. Jesus Christ, it does look good. Like the, the scene where uh, the camera spins, I know is. Oh, uh, yeah, been there. Head. Principal photography began in Ireland in March 2019. They just found Barry Keown already there. Yeah, they're just like, like among, you're among here. dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, they were like, where are all these dead bodies come from? Throw like, this I costume on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was just here. <laughs> don't yeah, ask questions. I was just around. And they're like, can you put this on and say some lines? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Him throwing that arrow is also so fun when he's like, I would have shot him and like throws that arrow in front of him. Also, yeah, just to talk about Barry Keown again. Just imagine what that role looked like on paper and then what he ended up doing with it. And that's where I say it's a a controversial opinion that he is a way better actor than Tim Cham. Um, I don't know if others would disagree with that necessarily. I think he's certainly an interesting actor. And you guys disagreed. I mean, maybe. I think he. I think Timothy Chalamet is a more. I think Timothy Chalamet plays the heroic and the empathetic and like the genuine better, and I think Barry Keown is much more enigmatic and weird and interesting. In like, I don't know what you're gonna do or who you are or why you're here in my house, but like, <laughs> Timmy Sham is like, oh. Like, you're so heartbroken. And, oh, that's such a cute thing that is how a person your age acts and moves through the world. I think they're very different acting <coughs> styles. Barry like, has yeah. way more range. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's where we, or at least that's where I came down on it. Right? I think that they're diff- they're so different that I don't know if I could say one is necessarily better than the other. But I do think that Timothy Chalamet is very good at one particular thing. Whereas Barry Keown can do, I mean, variations on a theme, but, like, can do slightly different things. And it's always more, like, intriguing 
because it's always so like this could go poorly so many different ways and now i I get to watch and see which way it's gonna go (laughs) Um, i feel like barry keown is like uh joaquin phoenix and timmy shams is like a leonardo dicaprio they're like interesting kind of in their own like leonardo dicaprio is a bad guy is like leonardo dicaprio is playing a bad guy and barry keown is a good guy is like oh this is like a much more like downplayed performance for Barry Keogh. And, like, yeah, both are capable of, like, truly wild things, but kind of in different categories. Uh, I like how you're like, this is a downplayed role, as if you look at, like, killing of a sacred deer as being, like, far out. God bless him. I mean, it is pretty far out. (laughs) No, but his, he's so downplayed. He spends half the movie but, just staring. No, 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 well, no, right. no, no. He spends half the movie eating spaghetti. Spaghetti. Like the fucking <laughs> weirdest person that you've ever seen eat spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because his beard is so heightened that it's like, this is such a, like, Joaquin Phoenix isn't always screaming, but he's always, like, a little weird when you're watching the performance. You're like, ooh, there's, like, something really happening inside. And Barry Keown, I feel like, is, is the same way. And that when it's not there and he's just kind of like a good guy or like a normal guy, you're like, oh, there's like, there's like a guy. I don't know. I did not know that he was in this movie. And so when he first comes on screen, he's like kind of off in the distance and you don't get like a really clear Uh shot of him for a little while. And he's doing something slightly different with his voice. Like you can, like it's, it mostly sounds like Barry Keown, but not quite. And so for, like, the longest time until, like, you actually see his face and be like, yo, yeah, it's him. I was like, man, they really couldn't just splurge and get the real thing? And then when he he finally showed up, I was like, oh, thank God. I'm pretty sure in the movie theater I went, yes! (laughs) (laughs) I do think that this moment is specifically structured for exactly this response. Because my roommate Hannah was watching this also didn't realize it's Barry Keown. And then as soon as they get close enough, she was like, oh no, it's this fucker. Oh no. Some shit and is just like, about to go down. Yeah. And then somebody tweeted like, whenever this guy shows up, you know, shit's about to get crazy. And it was just him in all these movies where he plays like, oh God. <laughs> oh no. But like specifically, if you've seen Killing of a Sacred Deer and then he pops up in this, it really is like a, like a horrific reveal of total doom you're like oh no oh god what's gonna happen who is this guy why would the cast Barry keon is just like a straggler uh, i yeah. just thought of this and i want to fact check before i say it yeah so the first thing i ever saw him in is dunkirk <laughs> so when he's, he's like such a sweet he's sweet boy. just the sweetest boy and his character and his arc specifically makes me cry every time I watch this movie or watch that movie. And so like, that was my introduction to him. But now I exclusively identify him as like weird psychopaths. Yeah. God bless him. And also like spoilers for the externals, but like in the trailers, everyone was like, Barry Keon's in this movie. Barry Keon's the bad guy. And surprise, surprise, Barry Keown's not the bad guy. Gary Gary Peone is actually... (laughs) Gross. I just cannot wait for him in the new Martin McDonough movie with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. 
I, always, I feel like I think Timothy Chalamet would be just as good, though. Okay. That is, I think we can all agree, a hundred percent incorrect. I think we can all agree that he doesn't really have a place, <laughs> unless he's like about to get killed. <laughs> wow! Um, wow! Wow! Do we want to talk um, about the ending? Yeah, let's talk about the ending because we've we've skirted around it for so long. Wait, can I just say one other note that I just saw that I had, since we probably won't come back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote. Also, Gawain is a bit shit. He doesn't even know where North is. It's <laughs> another. It's another problem I had with him. Yeah. Like, just look at the fucking sun, you moron. I the same thing when I first saw it. When he, come, when he comes to that first fork in the road, he's like, uh, uh, like, dude. Like, yeah. You are <laughs> undeserving of the title of knight. Anyway, um, we could go on to the end now. Yeah, I fucking love the ending of this movie. I, I would have really liked this movie without that ending. Uh-huh. But that I just I loved it so much. Um, I don't think I was surprised that it was all like a vision, but I definitely wasn't expecting it. And so, like when the reveal, like that it actually was just like a vision of here's what would have happened, I was like, oh man, that's great. And then to end on like I love just like hammer and ending lines. Like PTA is great at them. We've talked about him. But, like, the fact that this movie ends with this guy getting to a point where he realizes that he needs to sacrifice, I mean, not sacrifice, he needs to, like, accept his death and accept his fate. And, like, he's been a shit his entire life. And, like, he's just going to, like, all right, I've made my bed and now I'm finally going to lie in it. And it's just, like, a really powerful moment. And then the Green Knight with all of this fucking, like, makeup and everything, which, like, looks good, but it is still just, like, very clearly, like, makeup. It's just, like, now, off with your head. <laughs> it just, like, cuts to black. I was like, yeah, And, like, smiles a little <laughs> yeah, bit. It's just, like, incredible. and does the little, like, <laughs> draws his <laughs> finger across his neck and is like, off with your head. <laughs> I love it very, so much. I literally fun. was laughing in the one. theater. When, like, he says that, and it, it, I don't think it cuts to black, but it, like, cuts to, oh, quick sidebar i loved like the little intertitles throughout the movie um mm-hmm. the movie starts with like sir garwin and and then it's just like dot 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 and there's like three or four mm-hmm. of them and then each different little adventure that he goes on gets its own little intertitle um and so like at the end of the movie it cuts to the and like so and dot 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 the green knight and i was like oh incredible um so i was like literally laughing when it ended there were people in my theater who were not pleased (laughs) i loved yeah i thought it was also very funny and very cute i liked it as well it's also just good to see him you know get what he deserves (laughs) for being a dumbass um i was gonna ask a question sort of what you were talking about colin but now i can't remember oh is there a theme to all the inner titles? I can't remember, but all that's coming to my mind is like, is if they were named like Friends episodes, <laughs> like no. the one with uh, <clears throat> Winifred. No, or I think it's just like it's like the the journey home, 
the, okay. the way out or the journey out. Yeah, like so that. like the or like the Christmas game. Yeah, the, the titles come in are front all... of your grandma. <laughs> it's all Sir Garwin and and then it's dot dot dot. So there's like four or five of those at the beginning of the movie. And so then all of the other intertitles just finish that sentence. Got it. And so like whatever it is. Um That's pretty yeah. cool. I never caught that. I, it's because yeah, I can't I, read. Oh, interesting. Uh, How yeah. that'll happen? Were you listening to the audiobooks in in your classes then? No, I actually um, <clears throat> uh, paid someone to read them to me. I was trying to think of a medieval joke to go with, but I couldn't <laughs> think of the word "surf" in time. So, <laughs> man, if you could have pulled that off, that would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't think of the word. So. Um, what a disappointment I am, you know? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I just I love the ending. I love a lot of like the the stuff that happens in his vision of like how shitty of a king he would be. Yeah. Is so good. Yeah. And it's so it's so perfectly keeping with what his character would be if he did run away or if he like kept the belt on and let, you know, um, let the Green Knight do his thing and then go back. Like, all of the things that happen, you're like, yeah, of course you would do this. You're such a piece of shit. Like, But then you read yeah. a history book and you're like, this well. guy definitely didn't die. He went back and became a king. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's a different, different conversation. I guess that's what makes it a fantasy. Am I right? <laughs> and I think that's also what, like, I think the fake out ending does so well is that he he runs away and we're like oh okay interesting and then gets to be king anyway and you're kind of like oh well that doesn't seem totally fair considering he didn't even hold up his end of the bargain and then like all of the bad things that happen are him not doing the right thing and like kind of just compounding that he's a shit bag of like he's not gonna save his true love He's going to, like, hide her and take their baby and pretend like she doesn't exist. He'll marry somebody for uniting the kingdom. He'll lose his son in battle. He Which he stole from the woman. Away. Yeah. Right. So, like, all these things are so bad that you're like, okay, so I guess he got what he wanted, but it wasn't actually good. But then to realize, like, oh, no, this is saying, like, and every time that there will be a, a choice, you're going to make the wrong choice because you never did the right thing and you never will. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's such a cool way to then force us into recognizing, like, oh, no, in this moment, he's finally going to accept his responsibility. <clears throat> but that, like, the shot of everyone leaving him one by one and then, like, the full rotation in the throne room, just like that 360 shot in the forest when he could have accepted death and decided to keep living and now in this moment has to accept that he may not be able to keep living because he has to accept death and then for him to just pull off the scarf and his head roll to roll down is so like oh and then the reveal that like okay no that's just him seeing how bad things could be if he doesn't do this one thing it's so i think it's just so brilliant and it's the montage is so beautiful and there are so many like powerful moments of that of watching him kind of devolve into this shit bad king uh and the other thing that i want to also say is like 
there are liberties taken with the Arthurian legend that are interesting in this too of like he seems vaguely like he's playing the Mordred role in the story of like King Arthur's son that King Arthur ends up like having a fight and stuff and like his mom being a witch like Gawain's mom being Garwin's mom being Thank a you. witch is is very much in line with like Morgan Le Fay being a sorceress and so it seems like his mom is Morgan Le Fay and is the sister of Arthur since he's the nephew and so like there is this interesting you know uh, restructuring of some Arthurian legend or even his son dying on the battlefield is very much like Arthur dying after fighting Mordred. <clears throat> so there's, and the going underwater is like the Lady of the Lake. There's just all these little things that feel very uh, Arthurian, but also like it's adapted to make it a singular story, a movie that makes sense. And, and it's also interesting then to be like, oh, did the mom plan all this so that she could be in royalty again? Is that like, by him not accepting his fate, is that the bad way that this could go? And in reality, it's like, no, the point is he needs to do the right thing. And, like, his mom wants that. It does, it's not about getting power by any means necessary. It's about doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what the mom wants. The mom wants to encourage him to do that. And even to be with his love of his life. At the brothel, if that's what he's <laughs> meant to be, um, but yeah, it is a it is a cool and it's like a cool, well done ending. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, what other notes do I even have? I, saying, I don't have anything else I need to. I have on my list. Uh, I think most. Oh, the 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 photo portrait. Um, I thought was cool. The fact that like. The, the second Alicia Vikander role where she's oh, yeah. of the of Joel Edgerton's character like has this like camera set up basically of like using light to reflect the image and then using that to make a painting. I was like, oh, it's photos. It's a, that's interesting. Uh, and yeah, I think just the casting in general across the board is so cool. And like Sean Harris, I think is a weird choice for Arthur only because his, like, voice is so weak and yeah. he seems so quiet and small compared to, like, Arthur, who's traditionally, like, this big, like, proud, confident leader. This is, like, a very, like, gentle Arthur, which is, like, yeah, that's actually probably more in line with what Arthur would have been if he was this, like, kind, gentle, like, pure king. Yeah, and I think um, it also fits well with, like, the timeline of, like, this is an late-in-life Arthur, so, like, I think that that casting choice fits that as well. Yeah. Right. Totally. <clears throat> and, like, Guinevere, I think, is an interesting choice for... Uh, Kate, Kate Dickey. Dickey being... <laughs> Kate Dickey, who pops up in a lot of A24 stuff. She's in a lot of A24 uh, stuff. She's also, like, I, you know, will always associate her with her character in <laughs> Game of Thrones, which is, like... Right similar period you know like like medieval type right <laughs> just nursing just, King Arthur. just nursing. <laughs> yeah lisa aaron yeah. lisa <laughs> indeed but i thought it was so interesting to also cast her as guinevere who's also supposed to be this like just voluptuous sexy woman who tempts lancelot and instead it's like 
she just seems like a cool lady. Like, this is just like a cool Guinevere that's a little spooky, but, like, Kate Dickey's always a little spooky. Yeah. The same way Barry Keown is always a little spooky. Um, yeah, like, but I even thought Dev Patel like, was really good, too. He's so good oh, in this yeah. movie. Yeah. He's so Barry good in this movie. We about Dev Patel. He really is great. Um, and I think he plays all of those moments exactly how they should. He is a shitbag when he needs to be a shitbag. And we're also still rooting for him because we're like, oh, but it's Dev Patel. Yeah. yeah. He really is great in this. I, um, I hope that he gets to do more stuff. I feel like he, I don't know. I, I, I want him, like, he's always really, even when the he's movies he's in. He's good in everything. Don't, yeah, even, I was going to say, even in the, yeah. the movies he's in don't fully work for me. He's always, like, a really <laughs> strong part of the movie. Um, but I feel like he hasn't done yeah. a ton of stuff. Since, like, bursting on the scene in fucking Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> um, I feel like he's done a lot of British stuff. But that's I guess probably true. Not, like, for... Because that was 2008, so it's been, like, 14 years. Yeah. He does, like, a movie a year. A couple movies he'll do more than one. Yeah. He was in Chappie, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Best exotic Marigold Hotel I saw He was in that. Personal History of David Copperfield, the Armando Iannucci yeah, one. Yeah, that was which good. I, did not like that movie, but I thought he okay. was really good in that movie. Um, yeah, no, he's in stuff. Yeah, he's in Lion. He wasn't he nominated for an oh, Academy yeah. Award? Think, was he, he was nominated Lion. for Lion? Maybe not. I don't know if he. I know Lion was. Lion was, and I think Nicole Kidman was. Was it Nicole Kidman? Oh. Mm, yeah, but I don't think he was. Got it. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, he's really good in this movie. Like, really good in this movie. Good for him. Yeah. Nah, he's uh, good in everything. More leads. <laughs> I also just, you know, whenever Ralph Innocent, Innocent, however you say his last name, whenever he pops up, especially oh. if he pops up in an A24 joint, I'm like, yeah, this thing's gonna rip. He's, uh, <laughs> he's gonna be in The Northman. So fucking stoked for The Northman. <laughs> <laughs> who is this person? He's the guy who plays the Green Knight. <clears throat> he's also in The Witch, oh. and he uh, oh. is going to be in The Northmen. He's reteaming with Robert Eggers for The Northmen. <laughs> Everybody's so excited. Nice. Well. <laughs> I think that's it. That's The Green Knight. Um, All right, categories. Um, what, are, what are... Oh, tattoo ideas. I mean, I don't you know. get the green knight. A cum stained green <laughs> ribbon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could get like a like the green sash tattooed all the way around my stomach. You know, like, maybe you could just do. He's never he's, or around my arm. Yeah. What were you gonna or say? No, sorry? Around your waist. I was gonna say maybe like the heads, all the different severed heads from the movie. So like his head, <laughs> the saint's head, like Winifred's head, uh, the green knight's head, just like lined up. I think the Green Knight is a really cool character design. Like, I think he looks really fucking dope in this movie. I also think that, like, the crowns that they wear are really cool in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe something along those lines would be kind of fun. Um, Hmm, interesting. Maybe a neck tattoo that says, off with your head. (laughs) Off with your head. We didn't talk about the fox. We didn't talk about the fox. <clears throat> I just remember that right now. Uh, but Matt, your last name is Fox, and that little fox is so fucking cute, even though it's like 
so so obviously cgi <laughs> i do like that at moments the movie is silly like when the fox is like <laughs> ah. like this is kind of silly yeah but you're kind of in for it even when it is tremendously silly or just kind of like what's happening it, it is just all very like oh this is fun even even barry keon doing the magic trick and like pulling out the coin from behind his ear and going torn enough yeah. it's like it, this is fun the whole movie is <laughs> very fun and the last line is fun um Ooh. would you guys spend time on this film set yeah yeah, I mean, if, I they, would, yeah. if they filmed in Ireland, sure. <laughs> and it just looks cool. You're in, like, cool locales. I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like David Lowry would be a really fun hang. Well, like, and you get to hang out with Dev and Barry, so. Right. I mean, obviously, all wins, for sure. But I feel like, like, David Lowry has, like, this indie cred from, like, this, Ain't Them Body Saints, Ghost Story... But then he also just, like, makes big-budget Disney adaptations, like, live, <laughs> live-action Disney adaptations. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. look at you. Look at you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just feel like he'd be a fun fun dude to hang out with. Also, uh, somewhat related, so this movie we talked about, or I talked about how this was supposed to come out in 2020. Um, and it was going to premiere at South By. Uh, at what? I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean Salvi? We just did it this episode. Yeah, well, why the fuck wouldn't I do it again? (laughs) Anyway, uh, apparently he was, like, not 100% thrilled with the the cut that he was going to premiere at South by Southwest. And so, like, kind of blessing in disguise, like, because the movie got postponed, he he re-edited the entire movie during COVID. And so, like, wow. the version that we are talking, we've just spent, you know, an hour talking about is not wildly different, but apparently, like, pretty different than the version that he was going to premiere last year or in 2020. I was like, Interesting. Oh, that's really fascinating to think yeah. about. Um, anyway, uh, would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Yeah. I almost it's did. Also two hours. Hmm. I almost did, but then I didn't have a way to get it on my iPad. Um, so I was like, mm. I would like I would have watched it on an airplane when I was flying back from Virginia, and I was gonna put it on my iPad the night before I flew out, but my hotel Wi-Fi was not doing me any favors. So Damn. I was like, well, fuck. So, but yes, I would. It, I it depends what what's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the other options. Yeah. Um, The email that I sent you guys uh, is for for today's Zoom call was a red day. Mm Mm-hmm. I got it. (laughs) Good one. Even A is the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went went all in. Even the articles. (laughs) I I changed the articles, too. Look at you go. I don't put a ton of thought into these, but I do put some thought into these. <laughs> um, I saw it before I got in the shower and was like, lol. <laughs> I thought if, if anybody were to appreciate it, I thought Tierney would for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you did. <laughs> but I also had a moment, as we discussed earlier, because I watched the next episode's movie already. So I was like, what did we, what? Oh, got it. <laughs> And then I, I did the lols. 
Um, all right, so last category is Oscars. Uh, we were originally going to record this episode last week. I was being kind of a bitch because I was really tired after a work trip. But also, we were going to record the night before the Oscar nominees were announced. And so we decided to postpone so we would have the full picture. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately for all of us and anybody who cares about watching Oscar movies, this did not get nominated for anything. Which... It's not terribly surprising. I think, like, a lot of people, like, when they put out their, like, you know, best movies of the year so far lists, like, earlier this summer, Uh uh, this movie was on a lot of those lists. But I think the fact that it came out in July and everything was so backloaded this year, I think, really hurt it. Um, So, yeah, I wasn't nominated for anything. Damn. I feel like I like the ones that I want to. I would push hardest for cinematography and score. I thought the score yeah. was really good in this movie. Yeah, the same. Score is great. I think that there are other things that it could fit, but like I don't know if I feel strongly enough about it that I would like argue for some of those other things. But cinematography. What if we got score. in those two categories? What was so nominated? original score, we have "Don't Look Up," um, "Dune," and "Conto," "Parallel Mothers." Replace that. Uh, yeah, and "Power of the Dog." Do we? Well, not that. That no, should no, win. No. But <laughs> it does not replace that. Uh, I could probably replace Don't Look Up. I mean, I was, we so, had an Ariana Grande concert in the middle of that movie. <laughs> uh, that song did not get nominated, so congratulations to all of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't... I don't know. Like, Don't Look... Like, the score for Don't Look Up was not anything that I, like, thought about after I left that movie. I didn't even register it same yeah i mean it's it's nicholas Bertel, our boy who did who does succession so like that's cool um he also did uh if beale street could talk which is one of my favorite scores of the last like five ten years so like i'm happy for him but i don't yeah i feel like this score probably could have gotten into that slot yeah yeah um and then for cinematography (laughs) see where where are you oh dune nightmare alley power of the dog tragedy of Macbeth, and west side story uh none of those i I mean i that's a tough one i don't know i think if i had to choose one that i wanted to kick out and replace with the green knight it would probably be nightmare alley but i think it's great i was gonna say i don't i don't feel i wouldn't feel great about it one more time. What are they? Dune. What about West Side Story? I think West, West Side, Side Story, Story looks, incredible. looks fantastic. It looks amazing. It did, the lighting specifically it, is incredible. It's beautiful. Movie. Yeah. Uh, so is Dune, it like it's, stage lighting? No, no. It's like everything looks like it's glowing. It's Lubitsky, right? Emmanuel Lubitsky? Uh, no, Janis Kaminsky. I think that's who... Janis Kaminsky. Uh, that's like Steven Spielberg's go-to guy, I think, at this point. That's um, true. You're right. But yeah, I think, like, that was actually, like, one of the first thoughts I had when I saw this new West Side Story was like, damn, this looks great. Like, literally within the first yeah. 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> so, I yeah, I, so Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Power of I the Dog I, is so good. Get out of here, Dune. How dare you? <laughs> how I haven't seen Macbeth. You? I think Tragedy Macbeth of Macbeth. Is great, though. Have you seen it? 
Yeah, and the lighting is great. The lighting is really good. <laughs> I think production design I feel stronger about for Macbeth than I do about cinematography, sure. but the cinematography is still very good in that movie. Who's nominated for costumes? Uh, Cruella, oh, Cyrano, Ugh. Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. <laughs> I feel like this could have gone in there. Yeah. yeah. Let's got to push one of those out. Yeah. Or production design, honestly. This one also has great production design. <laughs> the production Most design category just... is the exact same as cinematography, <laughs> which, I thought, <laughs> which I thought was interesting when I watched the announcements the other day. <laughs> Most of the um, production of this is just outside. Just like, yeah. yeah. That's true. The, yeah, I mean, like, the location scout crushed it, but, like, was just walking around yeah. Ireland and was like, here. It was like, oh, <laughs> people still living in castles. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, man. All right, we well, that's, that's the Green Knight. So, yeah, this is, um, we've got two more on deck, um, two other best of 2021s. We're not going to... We're not going to say what they are just quite yet, but we've got, we, I feel like we've got some real doozies coming up. Uh, next yeah. week's going to be a good one. And I think the one we're ending on, I think is one that's, that people are really going to, really going to be jazzed about. So there's a little I think tease, so too. tease to get you guys coming back for more for the next couple of weeks. Um, it's but on I, a lot of lists. It's, it's on some lists. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to lately? It's been a while since we recorded. So, yeah, don't do not do the full deep dive, but if you want to hit the highlights. I shan't. I'll go. Uh, yeah, go. Uh, so. If you want to hit the highlights, I shan't. I will do the full deep dive. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing the. I know. The, so I read four books, um, and I would like to apologize on behalf of my neighbor's dog that won't stop barking, just to our listener. It's also driving me crazy. Okay. <laughs> Back to the books. I read um, Tell Me How It Ends, an essay in 40 questions by Valeria Luiselli. Fantastic. Would recommend to everybody. Uh, she's easily, I've read now two of her books, but she's made her way into like top five, maybe even top three favorite authors ever. Wow. Uh, I read, um, I think I talked about this before. Before we stopped recording, Women, Race, and Class by Angela Davis. Also fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Joan Didion. Is that how you say her name? Because I always feel like an idiot when I say it like that. Visions of Didion, baby. It is Didion? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I read Slouching Towards Bethlehem. Um, <coughs> I don't know. Is she a journalist that wrote? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, what, is, what am I reading? Um, <laughs> so just not being able to categorize it made it difficult, mm-hmm. but I thought she was a good writer. Uh, and then I read Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, and oh my fuck, is very good. But it is some of the most revolting imagery I have Ooh. ever read in a book. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Well, it's a gothic, and gothics are like horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's, like, a lot of, like, kind of, like, Frankenstein, like, monster, like, just, like, stuff rotting. Like, at one point, I literally, I listened to the book. Well, at one point, I I started screaming based on what was (laughs) happening. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then another time, I was at work, and I actually gagged. (laughs) (laughs) That said, 
is a really good book. <clears throat> I mean, it'd have to be good to get you to react that way. Uh, and then, as far as movies, I'll just list two. I saw uh, Worst Person in the World. And no, that is not my autobiography. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, and I watched uh, The Big Lebowski, which is always good. Yes, it's never bad to watch The Big Lebowski. <laughs> sure isn't. It's been a while, too. So Nice. Nice. Matt? Um, I, I'll just do a, I'll do a hodgepodge. Um, I've been reading the Akira comic, so like the movie Akira, Akira. Uh, I'm reading the comics online, and uh, nice. they're good, and it's very different from the movie, uh, but I'm like not even through the first volume, and there's six of them. Ugh. But uh, <laughs> we'll keep going. It is fun. Um, I've watched Worst Person in the World. I saw The Black and White Nightmare Alley, which maybe we did talk about the last episode. Um, I saw... What else have I watched? Where did you um, watch the black and white one? It's in uh, theaters. It was just AMC. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think the black and white version is currently streaming. No, it's not. Mm, it is not. I would not. imagine that, like, one of the... Like, Hulu will probably put it up at some point, but... It's on uh, yeah. HBO. There, so it's on Hulu and Absolutely, HBO. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's weird. a it's a weird holdover um, from the Disney Fox merger. Wow. Well. Anyway, sorry, Matt, I interrupted. That was all good. Uh, yeah, and then did. I have also been watching Pen Fifteen. I finished Pen Fifteen completely because the second season was the end. Uh, it's very very sad ending, but also very sweet. Um, and what else? What else have I been watching? Righteous Gemstones, Euphoria, all the standards that everyone else is watching right now, and um, Book of Boba Fett, your favorite. Ugh, I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. It's so bad. <laughs> it was so useless. It's literally a useless show that retcons everything that was done in season two. It just decides to reverse it. I still for haven't no watched. Reason. I still haven't watched the finale, but like the only two episodes that I've seen that I did enjoy, like from start to finish, were just like Mandalorian episodes. It's like yeah, it's this so should stupid. just be Mandalorian season three. <laughs> like this is like they really the dude with the green helmet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So our but it's co- not really about him because it's mostly just boring. Okay. Uh. Callan, do you remember Matt had, like, a coffee mug and some other stuff with him on it? And yes. every time I'd see it, I'd be like, who is that? Yes. Because <laughs> I didn't remember him, the character, or the name. And then anytime people say the name, I always think it's, like, a mon- like a monster, like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> so I, like, that guy, as soon as I saw it was a show, I was like, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> You're just immediately uh, associated with him fantastic. in my mind. You see it so annoying. But not so the good annoying. version of him, just like a blob monster in your in your mind. Do you remember you have all, you had all the Star Wars mugs, and then we put yeah. them all together, and I was like, well, this guy doesn't belong. <laughs> so dumb. One of the most recognizable Star Wars characters. What movie is he in? He's in uh, I mean, Empire Strikes Back and a little bit Return of the Jedi. He goes out like and a also big... Attack of the Clones. Oh yeah, okay. You're... His dad is, and he is too. Yeah, but I mean, okay. 
he does nothing in any of the movies, and spoiler alert, in the show, he continues to do nothing. He is a a character with no actions at all. I mean, at least that's in keeping with the theme of everything that he had done up to this point. It's very true to his character. Um... But yeah, I just felt I've been watching all that and like catching up on other stuff. I am planning on starting Better Call Saul. Bitch, you gotta. Soon. You gotta. And I will do it because um, I am excited. And you fucking owe me, so. I owe you. You've watched all the movies that I told you to watch and then some. Um, and then you never watched Waves, so don't ever forget that. Exactly. <laughs> I am a criminal. Uh, I think that's all I've been doing. What have you been up to, Corlin? Uh, so I haven't really been watching a lot. Carlin. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of stuff. Um, although that will soon change now that I have my like Oscars list to work through. Also, Moonfall came out, so your boy's gonna go check that out. Very excited. Um, Is that where Karen's bracelet falls off the moon and plummets into Earth, and then? <laughs> Jesus. How dare you disrespect First Man? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Karen's bracelet. How dare you? <laughs> I saw that movie with Shay, my sister, and we just kept laughing about Karen's bracelet. Oh, Even though I it's like meant you. to be so sentimental. Yeah, yeah, what is wrong makes, with it you? makes me cry every time, and you're just sitting over there but also giggling her name about is it like Karen. an asshole. <laughs> she would have grown up to be a Karen I was about to defend her because I was like she was born in the 60s then I was like oh no that's actually not a defense do you know who my dad is do you know who my dad is are you aware of my last name I'm Karen Armstrong also that Armstrong who is your manager (laughs) Shay reminded me uh, this weekend that apparently I had forgotten it was it was the same week. So you guys are familiar with the YouTube video of the moon landing sped up and put to yakety sax. Of course, yakety yeah. sack. <laughs> yeah. So I had come across that video the the week leading up. I think we saw it at a five dollar Tuesday in Evanston, and so I'd seen it probably like Monday afternoon at work and like sobbed laughing like this is the funniest thing the internet's ever produced and so then I went to see the first man and all I could think of the whole movie long was them just dancing on the moon and like hitting things with hammers so afterwards like before we even left the parking lot I was like you need to watch this right now She said that's, it's one of the hardest she's ever left in her life. That's so amazing, too, because, like, the whole movie up to the moon sequence is shot in, like, 16 millimeter or 35 millimeter, and it's, like, super grainy, and you can, like, tell that it was shot on film, and then when it gets to the moon sequence, it just, like, blows up, and it was, the entire moon sequence was shot on IMAX, and it just, like, looks pristine, and, like, the sound cuts out, and so it's just, like... Like stylistically, it is this like meant to just like bowl you over and just like this awe-inspiring <laughs> moment. And meanwhile, <laughs> god damn it. Anyway, um, sorry, we, had mostly... to, we just needed to discuss characters. No, 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 no that, that's that's good. I'm glad you brought that brought that up. Uh, <laughs> I mostly have been just like crushing the final Harry Potter book. Um, and I finished it today. Uh, as I was watching 
that movie or the, those books are still fantastic by the way uh i mean she sucks but the books are great so who? she who must not be named yeah anonymous <laughs> anonymous yeah. the anonymous author of <laughs> harry potter um but as i was watching green knight today i was like it was really fun because i had just read like the last few chapters of the seventh harry potter book which like a strong component of those last few chapters is like Harry recognizing that he needs to die. Like he needs to accept his own fate and his fate is to die. And so I thought that that was like a really fun, like weird coincidence of timing that I like finished that book yeah. within the last couple of days and then watched this movie. And like the end of both of those stories have a character like accepting their fate. And I was like, Oh, that's a fun little like, yeah. Um, tie-in. Uh, but the only other thing I want to mention is that I went and saw Jackass 4 and holy fuck, <laughs> you guys. That movie was so fucking funny. Like, I was, like, at one point I like I literally was worried I wasn't going to be able to breathe because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I... I... <laughs> after all of the shit that has happened in the last two years, just, like, going to a movie theater... And fully turning my brain off and just watching a bunch of dudes be fucking idiots and just, like, having fun as friends was, like, everything I needed for, like, that 90 minutes. It was perfect. And I walked out of the theater and I sent a message to Jim, listener Jim, and I was like, I'm not going to do it, but I was very seriously considering giving Jackass 4 a full five-star review on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I uh, gave it four and a half. Uh, if I see it again at some point this year, there's a very good chance it will go up to five because, oh my God, it's so fucking funny. Uh, but anyway, that's just a plug. If you if you want to just like have fun and laugh at people being dumb, you, you cannot do better than Jackass 4. Strong recommend. I've come around, yeah, I've come around on the Jackass train in only the past few years uh, since it wasn't something I watched as a kid. What? Uh, and I, I, I do think it's very funny. You laughed in Vice Principles when they burned someone's house down and broke a bunch of furniture, and I did not find that funny. So this is in that same track of I don't find destruction that funny. But I will say I saw Bad Grandpa in theaters, and I was screaming laughing. So I think that's when I started coming around. I'm like, okay, actually, this is pretty funny. Was it when um, Steve-O chugged a beer through his butthole? <laughs> <laughs> I don't so I was gonna rewatch not that I needed to but I like it, it had been, been on the show it may have been on the show I don't know I, it okay. had been so long since I'd seen any of the movies um like at least since college so like 10 plus years yeah but that's an image that I will never no, no, forget I, no 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 I, yeah like I, I remember <laughs> some of the segments but it had just been so long that I was like oh yeah like I'll just rewatch all of these then I'll go see the fourth one and I just I've been so busy that I only had time to rewatch the first one which is still very funny um but yeah I have not yet I I have them like I I rented them so I'm planning on watching the second and third one at some point so I can I can report back if it's in one of those two, but my God, Jackass four. So fucking funny. Well, I'm finished. 